It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. When a, when a protest is like, you know, polite enough to walk past your house, then you have to take that opportunity to to, to just to just slip home. Thanks for walking me home. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for, thanks for walking me home in a group. All right, here we go. Today is the letter O. I'm Ed. Oh, I'm Peter. And I have the magic cup. Peter, say when. Um, I'll keep going. <laughs> you bastard. Okay, now. All right. Olfaction. One of yours. It is. Now, Peter, since you tossed it in, why don't you give us the definition? Uh, it's the process by which we smell things. Yep. Is that all you want to say? Well, I mean, we could get more into it, but we've got 10 minutes to get when, <laughs> when I think of olfaction, I always think of olfactory triggers. So I always think about, you know, they say smell is the, the, the strongest trigger of memory. So I definitely yeah. find myself all the time smelling a specific smell and suddenly, whack, I'm somewhere else. What's your favorite one of those? You're not going to like this because it's, it's something that I am a big fan of that I know you're not. But when you first walk into Disneyland. They have really curated the smell. They they really know exactly what they're doing. To the extent that some people theorize that they actually missed artificial smells in the entryway, which I don't think is true. But when you walk in... Everybody else does. I don't know why Disney wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they probably do. To be honest, they probably do. <laughs> when you walk in, because they have like an ice cream shop and uh, like a cookie shop and like restaurants and all that sort of stuff, it's the most incredibly sweet, warm, welcoming smell. And you walk in and it's like, you know, being inside of a cookie when you walk inside. So anytime I smell that like really um, airy smell of cooking sugar, you know, like when, when, when fairy floss cooks, there's that sort of, you know, sugar that gets released into the air. That yeah. sort of smell always triggers me to Disneyland and being me. Fairy floss, for the sake of our listeners, is cotton candy in North America. Sorry, cotton candy. Yes. So being me, <laughs> that sort of very sugary. But I smell. really, I think we should call it fairy floss. I think that's way cooler. It's a better name. <laughs> yeah. Cotton cotton candy sounds like you're eating cotton. Cotton is not an appealing well, thing to be eating. No, and then it's in French. It's barba papa, right? <laughs> Hang on. No, you it's can't go. You can't go so quickly past that. What is it in French? Barba papa, which means grandfather's beard. Is that actually what it means? Yeah. You're eating grandfather's beard. Now, whose grandfather's beard was that wispy and, let's say, pink, is the question. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe French cotton candy is only white or gray. How well do you speak French? Uh, I, quite well. I was I was probably fluent when I was a kid and certainly not anymore. Did you do immersion at school? I did, yeah, right. until eighth grade and then continued, you know, with sort of regular French in high school. My mom was a French teacher, uh, so that, that certainly helped. What's a smell that always triggers you? Uh, it is a really strange one. I was really lucky when I was a kid and I got to travel a lot with my parents. And once when I was maybe like 11 or 12, uh, we went to Mexico and we were in this tiny little town in rural Mexico. And it was just after guava season. And so like all these guavas had dropped onto the sidewalk and during the day they would get really hot and they f would ferment and then at night it would really cool down where we were and the air would feel kind of like thick and misty and it was really really nice after a super hot day 
and everything smelled like eucalyptus trees and this beautiful like sweet fermented guava smell and it's just the best smell in the entire world as far as i'm concerned the smell does sound fantastic i'll acknowledge the smell of like you know guava on the breeze sounds like a fantastic thing but if there's all this rotting fruit on the ground wasn't there like swarms and swarms of beetles and bugs coming to you know prey upon them uh i don't know ants i guess ants yeah. okay fair enough i don't know whatever <laughs> yeah, I think it does have to, because like, you're saying it was quite warm and, you know, quite warm and pleasant. I think that there's something about summer and warm weather that is much, much better for smells. Do our smells dull in the winter or is it that just they do, there's actually. less? They smell carry better in warm air. Really? And in moist air. Oh, yeah, and that so makes sense, I guess, because it's more particular. Like dry, cold air, you don't actually smell a whole lot. Um, and that's one of the interesting things about olfaction um, is the properties change depending on all sorts of things like temperature and humidity uh so for example if you're making uh, a frozen treat like you're making some sorbet or some ice cream or something like that you're going to have to add way more kind of flavor and way more sugar to get that to taste sweet at all than you would if you were going to serve that as like a room temperature liquid because it's cold like, because it's cold you're not going to perceive the flavors in that mixture nearly as well as if it were warm. And that's where those things like uh, like pure extract come in, right? People use like vanilla extract or, um, you know, those things you can get, those little bottles of really, really, really... Yeah, like essential oils. Really concentrated flavor. Yeah. 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 When I was, because uh, you know this, I, 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 in my one of my many career attempts, I did some writing, some writing for television. And um, one of the things that I came up with in, a, in an episode that I wrote was this thing called the Kevorkian list, which was a, a list where there was this guy called Jack Kevorkian. He's, he's since died. I am quite a fan of him. He was a very controversial figure, so I'm not going to you know, say one way or the other whether what he did was right or wrong. But um, Kevorkian was known as Dr. Death because he was a, a euthanasia doctor. And so in this episode of television, I came up with this thing called the Kevorkian list, which is the things that you would pick that if you were, for whatever reason, being euthanized willfully, you could pick like what would be the last thing you would see, the last thing you would hear, the last thing you would smell, and you could sort of make that environment for yourself. So I used to say, "It's got a list of questions." Yeah. So I remember, like, because just experimentally, I was saying that mine would be, I would be listening to the song um, "La Mer," which is one of my favorite songs. The thing, the last thing that I would want to see would be uh, the beach at night. The last thing I would want to smell would be the smell of vanilla, and it was sort of you know just like a. A, a personality quiz, almost, of like, you know, what are the three right. last things that you would see, hear, and smell? So I'm right. curious. It's interesting, that you, it's interesting that you bring up vanilla, uh, especially in the context of, I assume, being in a comforting environment. Yeah. Right? And so vanilla has an interesting relationship to, to humans uh, because human breast milk uh, tastes and smells an awful like, lot like vanilla. And it is posited that one of the reasons that we like that as a flavor in cakes and milkshakes and all sorts of things is because we've got this like sort of uh, not conscious association, but this conscious association with the flavor of vanilla being something that nourishes and comforts us. Right. And it's so ingrained in us from infancy. Yeah. Yeah. Vanilla on the air is a lovely smell. Vanilla can be too, like there's, there are definitely times where, you know, vanilla can be overwhelming to the point of being sickening, but vanilla when it's done right can be really pleasant. 
But coming back what to my the, coming back to my yeah, sin, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. sincerely inappropriate list to some people, some people take a, take umbrage to it. But if you were to say you're you know you you're taking this final cocktail, somebody's giving you a glass of you know um, a half liter of Demerol, and it's going to put you to sleep forever. What are your what are your three things? What would be the last thing you would want to see, the last thing you would want to hear, and the last thing you would want to smell? Gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, maybe I would want to smell. Uh, I'd like to be in a cedar forest, an absolute oh, body of water. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, that'd be a nice thing to see too while we're at it. Yeah. So just the, the <laughs> what? Just the natural rhythmic rhythmic sound of of you know the birds and the the. Yeah, water, water and rushing and, and yeah. I don't know, the breeze in the trees and that smell of like, you know, the forest floor and that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe I'd go there. That is a, that's a pretty great sound. I will acknowledge when when you just sort of let a forest be the sound of a forest, it's a pretty fantastic sound. It's amazing. I was um, hiking in California about um, a year or two ago, and when I say hiking, I'm not talking about you know like a three day expedition. I'm talking about like I I drove to a car park and then I went for an hour or two hike into the woods. Let's just, <laughs> let's be fair. Yeah, but. Um, I was in the woods and it was one of those lovely settings where, you know, there was nobody else around for at least 200 meters sort of thing. You, and you really feel like you're the only person. And for the first time in my life, I heard a woodpecker and I like looked up and saw a woodpecker. And I was like, that is something that honestly has always struck me as just being a cartoon animal. To, to see a woodpecker in real life right. is such right. a, such a striking thing. It's like, you know, if you see a roadrunner, which I have seen a roadrunner and you're like, oh, that's a roadrunner. That's... That's interesting. I thought that was like a cartoon thing, but there it is. They're not there purple. But... Weird, there are plenty of weird animals that you know don't seem like they should be real. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So short of the easy answers, um, vomit and bile and feces and uh, I don't know fetid flesh. What is your? What are some of your least favorite smells? Huh. That's a tough one too. Um, I like a lot of smells, and I like a lot of weird smells. Like when I was a kid, I loved the smell of gas stations. Okay. Um, I, I have no idea why. Uh, oh no, I, I, I definitely get that. That's not a weird one. The gas stations smell fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, durian, but nobody really likes the smell of durian. Yeah, um, sure. It's because uh, durian smells like a dead body. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let me get back to you. What's yours? Um, I had to learn this one the hard way last year. Um, so what happened was the air conditioner in my flat had black mold in it and i was you know appropriately disappointed and i had to get the landlord in to come and clean it and they did and they they fixed it up properly and then there was this this really damp musty smell and i i i thought you know i thought we'd fix this and i looked into it and the, the, the air conditioner was fine and i checked all the old vents and that sort of thing and there was this damp smell and i looked under the fridge and looked in the bathroom you know everywhere you would look for that sort of thing and eventually I, I, I really did sort of convince myself, you know, maybe I was just looking for a, maybe I was just looking for a problem after that mold thing. Maybe I was just expecting to smell something. And I just waited and waited and waited, nothing and nothing and nothing. And then about um, three weeks later, I experienced the great dread of everybody who lives in a North American city. The absolute worst thing you can discover in your house. I discovered a bed bug. One, one sole bed bug, but it was there. And I started, and I went, I went into full fight mode. You know, I stripped everything, I cleaned everything, I threw everything into the dryer. Fortunately, so I never. You didn't name him. Sorry. You didn't name him then. Did I name him? I named yeah. him bastard. I named him okay. little shit who wrecked my life. 
Um, anyway, turns out that when bed bugs are, you know, communicating with each other, or, you know, saying, you know, where's the nest and, you know, who wants to shag, they send out this pheromone that smells like damp, musty air. And that was the smell that I'd been smelling was oh, weird. bed bugs spraying pheromones. So if you, if you have in your apartment a damp, musty smell that you cannot find the source of, it's worth checking the crevices and corners of your furniture because you might have bed bugs. Mercifully, and I say mercifully because I did have to go through the full arduous nightmarish procedure of stripping everything and checking everything. Mercifully, I did not have an infestation. It was just a, a wanderer. But that smell is certainly something that for the rest of my life I will be on the, on the prowl for because I will never allow that again. Well... I guess it would behoove one if one smelled such a smell in one's domicile not to cover that smell with something like Febreze, mm. firstly, because you would simply be masking the problem, and secondly, because I think that is my least favorite smell. Well, which Febreze? Because It doesn't like, matter. It, they're all gross. They, they're just this weird, lingering, sickly, sweet order. And the fact that, I mean, there are entire companies that basically sell, like, weird smelly things for your house mm. you know like I, I i went to high school with a number of people who have somehow found themselves doing these mar multi-level marketing things i <laughs> know that that's what they're doing you know but you know it's kind of like the the modern equivalent of having tupperware parties or whatever and so you sign up for these email lists and and you know get bombarded with these things about you know, get your Christmas orders in now for the honeysuckle scented sleigh ride candle or whatever. And these things that plug into your walls and these weird sprays and things you're putting into your shoes. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why people spend money on scenting their lives with chemicals when they could simply just, I don't know, keep a clean house, get a bouquet of flowers. You know? mm. I always keep flowers in my house. I do always have a bouquet of flowers me in my too, house. Actually, it makes me feel like a grown-up. It exactly. It's so true, right? It makes me feel like a, it's. it's oh, I'm so glad that you can relate to that. Yes, keeping a bouquet of flowers in my house makes me feel like a grown-up. The thing that I don't understand on those cleaning products and Febreze and you know what have you brand names, etc., is the lemon. I don't understand why so many of them are lemon scented. I don't understand why so many cleaning products, so many sprays, are lemon scented. Who decided that the smell of clean was lemon? Well, lemons are pretty good at disinfecting things naturally. So it was just a thing in the past that people use lemon oil to clean and then they just kept that scent because it was associated with I cleaning? I don't think so. I mean, it's the same thing with pine oil, right? I mean, pine oil is a natural antiseptic. Nobody really likes the scent of pine salt. No. But we all associate the scent of pine salt with knowing that something is freshly cleaned. Right, because pine salt is probably only a very small part nowadays actually pine oil, and the rest of it yeah, is probably some so. sort of carcinogenic melange of chemicals. Treats, treats. Treats, of treats, yeah, let's not lose any sponsors of treats. <laughs> Speaking of, have you got us going to diverge from the... Uh, we, we could probably diverge completely, but have you um reached out to the and i'm going to say this on the on the track and get it recorded have you reached out to the niagara falls tourism council re-sponsorship and for those of you who would like to know what this is about peter and i are both very fond of niagara falls we both speak effusively about niagara falls huge fans big fans and peter has decided that since we speak so effusively about niagara falls and since we have a bit of a following now it just it seems appropriate that niagara falls tourism council should be our sponsor so peter what is the progress there uh, I have made zero progress. Uh, 
I, I have tracked down some relevant names and email addresses. So uh, be forewarned, Niagara Tourism, I'm coming for you. To our dear listeners, please email on our behalf and say, Ed and Peter the podcast is your number one advertising avenue now. Send them all sorts of good you know, sponsorship deals and, and, and accoutrement. Or just bring us, bring us down for a weekend. We can do a live podcast from <laughs> wherever you set us up. Exactly. Know? Yeah. We a will... few of the falls would be nice. Dear... You know, we're not... Beggars can't be cheap. Dear Mayor of Niagara Falls, whatever her name is, whatever you. his name is... Um, we love you. We love you. And please um, note that we will only say positive things about Niagara Falls and Niagara Falls tourism until we're sponsored. Um, on that, any last thoughts on olfaction, Peter? Uh, well, I think we should, uh, you know, be grateful that we have it, even for the smells that we don't like. This uh, is true. Especially now with COVID uh, and long-haul COVID, all sorts of people are losing their ability to smell things, and I can't imagine how devastating that would be. Devastating. So, uh, you know, smell something nice to Denver, uh today, and uh, maybe I'll buy some flowers for your house. It'll make you feel like you're growing up. And you'll have something nice to smell. And if you would like to leave us a voicemail this week, um, give us your Kevorkian list. Give us your your thing of what you would like to see, hear, and smell on your way out. Uh, Peter, you would you can like do to that. You can do that website? by going okay. to podpage.com slash ed-peter. And uh, there's a button on the right hand of the side of the page where you can leave us your Kevorkian list. Any comments or feedback, we'll uh, try to play them if we can. And uh, you can also order merch, send us messages, listen to episodes from the past, and uh, learn more about us while you're at it. And Niagara Falls, we're waiting. I'm Ed. We love you. I'm Peter. Have a great weekend.